Hello and welcome to the Scottish Rock Podcast, the official podcast of the Scottish Rock Garden Club. I'm your host Connor. As always, be sure to check out the Scottish Rock website at www.srgce.net for the most recent information on shows, lectures, the Scottish Rock Journal and the International Rock Gardener. The Garden in the Sky On a cold Scottish day in Perth, I was sitting with my former boss from America and his wife in a lovely, warm French restaurant. The beast from the east had just passed, and I longed to see a small nearby garden. With darkness upon us, I decided to phone there and chance my luck to arrange a visit that night. A very kind lady answered and informed me that the head gardener lived on site and was happy to show us around. We met the figure holding the torch in complete darkness. He was our guide. The light bounced off the whites of the glanthus and the cinnamon undersides of rhododendrons. The gardener told us a story of a garden in the Bavarian Alps where he had worked as a young man under one of the great Alpine gardeners, Dieter Schacht. The story of the garden in the sky stayed with me. A year passed before I encountered the Merlin Trust, which offered me the chance to work there. I jumped at the chance. Few Alpine gardens have attained the fame of the Schacken over its 118-year history. Although well-respected, an air of mystery surrounds and few have made the journey south of Munich. The three-hour drive south to Garmisch Park in Kerken begins, the trip to one of the most remote gardens in the world. This hidden oasis can only be accessed by foot along an old forestry road. It sounds daunting, but the wanderer is rewarded with rich surrounding flora. On my ascent, Saxifraga mutata was in full flower. The flower spikes reach a height of about 40 centimetres with orange flowers painted on green stars. They grew either in groups or with the next generation's rosettes just beneath them. Individual plants were also cascaded on steep and exposed hills. Saxifraga casea and Campanula schwertzerai could be found clinging onto rock crevices. Prenanthes purpurea would be found on the grass road verges as you were walking up. Its graceful arching stems along with Aquilegia atrata, both in flower and both contain a vivid purple. As the vegetarian changed from the forestry plantations of Picea abies into the native Pinus kembra, I found a small attractive plant that I'd longed to see in Scotland. Monessis uniflora growing in a well-shaded mossy topsoil. I was surprised by its diminutive stature, only 5 to 10 millimetres, as in photos it always appears larger. Its small pendulous flowers hang low towards the grass, nodding its approval as you plod on towards the shacken. The garden was originally started by Botanische Garten München, the Botanic Garden of Munich. The location is very close to King Ludwig's Schachen Schloss. His name may sound familiar because he was responsible for building many palaces in Germany, most notably the palace featured in Disney's famous emblem. The surrounding area around the garden was filled by native meadows and mountains. It is difficult to pick only a few plants from a garden that contains so many gems from all over the world and do them true justice. Primula is a well-represented genus throughout the garden. If I had to choose Primula monroei, is one of the 
standout specimens in the garden, collected from the wild by the great Dieter Schatt. Its elegant habit of pure white flowers and notched petals are enticing, and the same subsection of Sibirica growing close by is Primula Monroe subspecies Yargon gensis, with pink to mauve flowers and deeper lobes. Primula redii is another wonder from northwestern Himalaya, brought to the Shakin by Jim German in the 1990s. Although it is thought to be monocarpic, or at least very short-lived, it has been successfully overwintered in some areas. It is always prudent to keep the seed, just in case. I miss the different types of Primula clusiana and flower by being later in the season, but one of the standout plants close by was Primula sycamensis, specifically the white form Primula sycamensis varhopiana. The genus Mechanopsis has a proud tradition in my home country of Scotland. Many remarkable cultivars have been grown and originate here in the moderate climate. The Scottish climate and the passion for these plants has been shared with the Shakin. I am always proud when I see how well my wee country has done walking past Mechanopsis, Huntsfield in all of its glory a plant obtained by Alan Jameson in the Scottish Borders. Mechanopsis integrifolia subspecies soliae stayed in flower for my full duration at the Shakin, which was two and a half weeks, much longer than the type species Mechanopsis integrifolia subspecies integrifolia. Mechanopsis balangensis var atrata is a stunning flower, dark purple from growing in iron-rich soils. Mechanopsis racimosa is a lovely light blue with shades deeper in colour towards its centre with crinkled petals and deceptively sharp and spiky stems. A deep blood red flower of a possible Mechanopsis stentoniae also joins the group. Although we were not entirely convinced by categorising this as a species because of its frequent hybridisation, and the introduction of many coloured forms as Mechanopsis napoleensis. Regardless, it is a lovely not-so-blue poppy. Much to the surprise of visitors, Gentiana, gentians, do come in other colours other than the characteristic blue. Despite their reluctance to include the yellow gentian, Gentiana lutea, with the rest of its better-looking family, it has been adored by herbalists, for some years, with some sources stating as far back as the 2nd century BC. The fact that it could be made into an alcoholic drink is obviously incredibly important too. Propagation by seed is advisable, as the plant does not seem to divide or transplant well. The bitter taste can reach dizzying heights, while its appearance resembles something from a wizard's cupboard in Harry Potter. The plant itself is a good addition to a herbaceous border, while it typically reaches one metre in height, as seen slightly taller in the moist meadows in which it frequently inhabits. As much as I adore the dainty little Campanula pula, it does pose a danger to its neighbours. Having adapted to strong competition in its native habitat, it easily becomes rampant in the rock garden. It is strongly advisable to contain its spread because its thread-like rootlets will find homes in any available space in the garden, regardless of soil type. This should not put you off growing this reliable species. Its little violet-coloured bells are a wonder to see as it meanders in and out of the yellow potentillas, 
Another of the reliable genus is the monocarpic species Campanula thrysoides. It differs from the smaller blues and purples of the typical Campanula you see in the garden. It has a tall spike of tightly packed cream-coloured flowers rising on a stem of about 30 centimetres. Campanula barbata is a mix of both. It is as tall as Thrysoides, but has the typical blue bells cascading down on an elegant stem. Jenny, the head gardener at the shack in Maria Alpina, near the Drakensberg Mountains in Lesotho. High-altitude ultraviolet light at the shakin makes the colour more intense. It grows in basalt rock soils in its native lands, which are kept wet through frequent and nearly daily thunderstorms. Its early summer emergence suits the short growing season at the Shachen. The flowers last only a day, but multiple flowers appear for around 10 days. The seed is sown at 18 degrees Celsius, after which germination should take about 4 or 5 weeks. Nemochorus seems to be the plant that keeps on giving. Regardless of which one of the 10 or so species you have chosen, it tends to result in a stunning plant. Downward-facing flowers of Nemochorus oxypetala were tucked into one of the Himalayan beds. Its pink shade with a light white streak through the centre of the petal is accompanied by the pink and white speckling individual to every plant. Nemochorus aperta is another highly variable plant that seems to change its patterning from white with pink blotches to light pink with deeper blotches. It sounds odd to mention weeds when talking about such a prestigious garden, but bear with me, because the shakin has no ordinary weeds. It is surrounded by a protected nature reserve, and lots of native flowers creep in. Although considered a prize ornamental practically everywhere else, such beautiful plants as lily and martigan must be removed. Gymnodidia, a native orchid, has sown itself in among the plants throughout the garden. Looking at its roots reveals a small, swollen hand for a root system. Castilea elmeri, a parasitic plant belonging to the Orobanchi family, comes into flower three or four years from seed, if successfully attached to a host, in this case an erigerin. 2018 was a good year for the shakin, as it was not too dry, leading to the production of two strong flowers, which it had again in 2019. Megacarpea polyandra is one of the more unusual plants in the garden. This monotypic oddity comes from China. It flowers 10 years from seed, forming a large umbel with a rosette of deeply divided leaves. Although plants do not produce a lot of seed, it germinates easily. Wolfinia carinthiaca is one of the true shakin relics. It was planted in 1907, just six years after the rock garden was built. Its dense mat of purple flowers has engulfed a rock just by the entrance to the living quarters. The similar Horminum Pyrenaeacum quickly became one of my new favourites. Given its sprinkling of plants outside the garden in the protected zone, it had clearly been another gardener's favourite. Despite the allure of these exotics, they can pose a great threat to the protective vegetation that surrounds the garden. However, the perfume emitted when removing the flowering stems is so enchanting that I chose to collect them into a vase alongside Pulsatilla alpina, subspecies alpina. I thought I was spoiled for choice within the realms of the garden, but a simple step outside revealed there was so much more to find. 
The Myla hut is situated on the top of the trail, right on the Austrian border and to the southeast of the garden. It is a gorgeous 90-minute hike through the meadow with Gentiana lutea, Adnostola solari, Crepus aurea, Phytomerbicular, and on to the Windhorn Pinus mugo. One of the most interesting meadow plants was an orchid by the name of Tronsteinia globosa, which seemed to have perfected the art of imitation. Orchids and other plants use mimicry to trick unsuspecting pollinators, in this case a clover, which at first glance worked perfectly. Only when looking closer do you see the difference. Stepping into a new level of the hike, Cisleria varia and Carex sempervirens become the dominant grasses. Dryas octopetala flows over the rocks, while Pedicularis rostrocapitata and Androsace camejasmi poke out of the rocky outcrops with Tofeldia. Gentiana verna and Gentiana bavarica, far subacolis in some literature. I found the latter typically darker in flower, but this is a highly variable characteristic. When looking at the leaves, the difference is clear. Gentiana barvarica has small, almost sedum-like leaves, neatly arranged in a bundle. I found a small patch bursting with Primula farinosa, Pinguicula alpina, and Thelis vulnaria, Primula auricula, and gentians. The plant I never tire of seeing is Silenia collis, a simple plant which formed beautiful dense carpets covered in light pink flowers, while the Silenia found a home on the rocks, Saxifraga casea, could be found tucked away in small gaps in them. A distant relative, Saxifraga azoides, almost seemed to prefer shadier spots and I only saw one plant in flower, under a step. Its light orange to yellow flowers are strikingly similar to Saxifraga mutata. Soldanellas were in flower by a small snow deposit. Soldanella pusilla, identified by the venation on the leaves is a small, delightful alpine plant. I wandered slightly off the path towards snow and was rewarded for my travel with Saxifraga opposite and full flower in the middle of July. It is always nice to have a fond memory of home follow you on your travels. Saxifraga opposite does not seem to be performing as well in Scottish gardens as it has in years gone by, perhaps because of the extra heat we have been experiencing in summers so it was satisfying to see this one flourishing. As you near the summit, Papava Sedniri greets you in full flower as you settle in the cabin for some food and a well-deserved pint. Prost.